0: The following program is underwritten in part by World's Best Cat Litter. You love your cat, but you don't love the litter box mess. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter and get a cleaner litter box with less hassle and less litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and in your local grocery and pet stores. The following program is also underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N pets.com.
1: Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome. Here is the toll-free number,
2: 1-866-405-8405. If you have questions about your pet's uh, medical health, we have Dr. Debbie here to answer those questions. And grooming questions for Joey Volani, the dog father, also here. And if you just want to call and say hi, check in, tell us how things are going for you, we'd love to hear from you. 1-866-405-8405. Don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. Download that puppy now. And I can tell you so many reasons to download it. There was another recall this week. It's a food recall, not a big brand, but if it's a brand that you feed your animals, it means a lot to you. You need to know about this kind of stuff. So whenever there's a recall and you have the animal radio app, a notification goes out and tells you what's wrong, who's That's recalling the food. Pretty cool. It is another reason to download the free animal radio app as well as asking your questions from the app on today's show. If you, uh, ever watched Mad TV or King of Queens or really, dozens of other programs where Nicole Sullivan was acting. She's funny. She's very funny. She's a little blonde uh, gal from... She was uh, a
3: dog walker. She was a dog walker on
2: King of Queens. How appropriate. She's going to be joining us today. I'm looking forward to this. She's a very funny gal, and she's doing an event with the Kitty Bungalow, the charm school for wayward cats.
4: Yes, we've had them on before.
2: Yeah, we have, and they have some really original ideas for raising money for the cats. Also, the creator of PetFinder.com, which may I say is probably the biggest and most well-known adoption site on the Internet. Yes, it is. Uh, Betsy Saul, she will be joining us. She has a brand-new website, and we're going to talk to her in just a few minutes. Uh, Lori, what do you got
3: going on? Well, we usually think about, um, you know, invisible fences and that kind of a containment system for pets for dogs, right? But sure. now they've done a study on using an invisible fence or underground fence with cats, and we'll tell you what the final opinion is on that.
2: Okay, I didn't know cats could be trained anything, so I'd love to... <laughs> you never know. That's on the way. Let's go to the phones for your calls first. And let's go to line four where we have Russ. Hey, Russ, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well,
5: thank you. Where,
2: um, where are you calling from today?
5: I'm calling from a suburb of New Orleans. I... I'm right outside New Orleans in a place that I just moved to about seven or eight months ago. I sold my home in New Orleans, and I moved into an apartment complex where my... Sister, uh, sister lived, and they had many cats here, and someone was feeding these cats from about a half a block away, because it's against the, wa- I mean, against the rules of the apartment managers uh-huh. to have cats mm. in the apartments, and, they, and, the, and the owner found out about it, and they're really mad, and they're trying, and they, they threatened to evict people, anyone who would help feed or give the cats water or anything. And they have a number of kittens about two months old. And I was wondering if you can tell me, will the kittens, I, I think the older ones will, but will the kittens find another food source before they die?
6: Mm, hard to say. I mean, that—that's really. I mean, taking away suddenly a food source to um, an assisted colony like that—that that, that can create a hardship for them. So the, the big big concern would be: is does that add undue stress to their health plane? And and does that mean they're going to be more likely to be succumb to infectious disease or parasites or what have you, if they're really struggling or they don't have that um, you know food source that they become accustomed to. So. Um, yeah, I, it, that's rough. I, I would certainly hope someone else in the nearby area could take over for them. And the thing I would encourage you to do is, at least in most communities, um, when we have trap and release uh programs in the areas um, like in the las vegas area where i'm at you actually can register colonies and that basically means not that you take responsibility for like every cat but it basically just means okay we know we have a population of cats in this area and you register with them usually through organizations related to the shelter systems Mm-hmm. And that can also, that can be a benefit because it can, you know, if you can't participate in this, you can maybe find someone in the nearby area who can take care of this colony. And that may even mean that can help bring in financial resources because with, at least in my area, when you register a cat colony, that, then that brings them into the opportunities to get the, the the trapping where they get spayed and neutered and they get vaccinations and then they get released so if we get these kitties if they're not already in a a, um a program like that then you know you might find someone else who can take that role um and then ensure that they're not getting the cutoff and their you know resources that they've come to kind of count on at this point this
5: this animal community thing is there is there a name they go by I've i've never heard of that before
6: yeah, I would just kind of google in your area um, as far as uh, cat colony uh, registration. Um, you know with your locale. and um, in our area it's done by the county, I believe. Um, on the county basis, but it really depends on how your animal sheltering system's broken down if it's by a city-wide basis or county. Yes. Um, I, I called the, yeah.
5: SPC, call the SPCA and at the 5 days, the one nearest me, uh euthanizes the the cats. And I I, I can't go for that.
6: Yeah. Uh, I need and to we're not looking for that. Before
5: I would have anybody involved.
6: Yeah, and that's, that's not what these kitties need. As feral cats, the adults are likely not going to be adoptable in the true sense of the word. Um, the kittens, um, might, and, and certainly getting them into yeah. one of these systems, then they, they can have an opportunity to get socialized and, uh, used to being around people on that basis. But the adults, w- we wouldn't, you know, if you took them to a shelter, their behavior would be that of a feral cat. And yeah, they will probably would be euthanized, um, unless they're kind of in this kind of, um uh, situation where we have a trap and release.
5: um, I'm bringing you a step further. If I can just ask you one more thing. Um, Sure. I'm I'm being threatened to be evicted if I help the cats anymore. If I can't find any other source of helping them, what are the chances of these younger kittens, so about two months old, they're not that young, what are the chances of them finding another food source? Is it less? not too likely at all? Because I'm willing to take the gamble of helping them. I'm going to have to get a lawyer to defend me on this issue because these cats have been here like for years. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. I've talked to uh, apartment administration people, and they said because the uh, the landlord allowed allow these cats to stay here these many years, she cannot really uh, evict anyone for helping them on her, on the property. But it, but if I do help them, I want to be prepared uh, to help them only because there's no other way. So w- what are the chances of these younger kittens? of finding another food source, if I can't find any other um, place like you're referring to?
6: Yeah, you know, that's hard to answer. I honestly can't say. It really depends on the neighbors in the area. And will, if they start hanging around somebody else's house, is someone else going to feed them? Or are they going to be am, limited? The
5: kids, uh, cats can only go a few days without water and two weeks without food and nobody around here, and they're still hanging around my apartment. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just thinking the worst, that they're starving right. and starving. I've been giving them still water. But I'm afraid to keep feeding them because they won't leave my, um, won't, yeah. well, yeah. they won't They won't go somewhere else. But I've been giving them water, but it seems to me they're not getting fed. And every day that goes by, their lives are in, uh, in, in yeah. danger. So you, you're not and, sure of the situation. I guess what yeah. you're saying, it, the older they are, the, the greater the possibility of them finding a, uh, another place to go. Am I correct
6: in saying that? Yeah, well, I, th- I think just kind of having the adult cats there to kind of lead the way, because they're going to kind of follow their lead. And don't forget that, you know, feral cats also they hunt, so um, if they're learning those skills from the other adult cats. Now, as a, uh, as a resident or in, someone in that neighborhood, I would far rather see feral cat colonies fed than saying, okay, let's just let them fend for themselves, get into garbage and, you know, kill off all the local birds. Um, it, I would rather say, you know, as a landlord, you know, this is going to be a better solution to this problem. And if, you know, we could get a local, uh, animal health authority in, maybe that will help to control the population. Cause once yeah. you spay and neuter these guys, but you know.
5: They not the kids, but the uh, others have.
6: Okay. Well, they,
5: that's taking, good. Let me, let me, if I can, I know I'm taking them a lot of time, but if we can help him with this, maybe you can. You could just say goodbye then. Are there any <laughs> legal help? Is there any legal help to defend these cats that I could go to? Is there any kind of type of an attorney that could help uh, defend these lives of these cats? About, there's about a dozen of them.
6: You know, um, I know we've had some lawyers that specialize in animal law, um, so you may have someone in your area. I don't know how, Judy, do you remember the individual the, we had?
2: The Animal Legal Defense Fund is, comes to mind uh, immediately, okay. and doing an Internet or a Google search for the Animal Legal Defense Fund uh-huh. might help you at least find a lawyer who can yeah. say if there's if you have any traction whatsoever.
5: Okay, Animal Legal Defense Fund. Okay, thank you so much, Um uh, I'm just going to hope the best and see if I can get some additional help. Thank you for your time.
2: Yes, we, we wish you the best of luck. Keep us posted. Let us know how this All goes. Right,
5: I will. Uh, I, I've grown very attached to these cats, and uh, they're the most, uh, they're like a, they don't fight with one another. They're the most uh, dear uh, creatures that I've seen around in a long time. I hate to see them die, so I'll let you know.
2: Okay, we appreciate what you're doing. Uh toll-free 1-866-405-8405 to reach
1: out to the Dream Team. Call the Dream Team now at
7: 1-866-405-8405.
1: Alan
8: Cable with today's amazingly sweet love story watch. <laughs> It Owen's getting a little kiss from his dog. He's seven years old. This is a story of how one little boy and a dog changed each other's lives. Owen has an illness that causes his muscles to constantly be tense so it's very difficult for him to move around and do simple things. It's made him very shy and withdrawn Well, some folks were searching for someone to adopt a dog named Hachi. He's a big Italian shepherd that only has three legs.
2: Hachi
8: got hit by train and then came to us. Owen says it was a magic meeting.
2: First day, I met him with his head on my lap, and that's what happened.
8: Owen's family says he's a different kid with Hachi there, much more outgoing.
2: I'm really happy. Everything changed my life. This is
9: Animal Radio, baby.
2: Dogs
0: or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too.
10: You know what they say, if you don't vote, you can't complain. Well... Don't tell that to Toby. A New Zealand dog owner got in a lot of trouble for filling out a voter registration form for Toby, his Jack Russell Terrier. Peter Rhodes of Queenstown says he was just trying to make a point about government bureaucracy. But the bureaucrats aren't laughing. A local official said Rhodes may face criminal charges for voter fraud, even though Toby didn't even vote in the recent national election. Toby signed his voters registration form with a paw print, and his occupation was listed as rodent exterminator. I'm Brit Savage for Animal
3: Radio. Animals are people too animals.
0: Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, canine caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
2: It's Animal Radio. Hey, thanks for joining us. Go grab your pet. Bring them around the radio. They enjoy the show, too. I think. Maybe. The animals in the studio right now, they're actually asleep. I think the show calms them and makes them sleepy. (laughs)
4: Hopefully. They come in here for their <laughs> napping nap. Yeah, hopefully you're not
2: doing the same thing. Uh, this hour, we're going to be talking to Betsy Saul. Who is she? You say. Well, you've heard of the website Petfinder, right? I mean, yes. who hasn't? It is probably the utmost authority on adoption.
4: I found the first one. I found my dog on Petfinder. Really?
3: Yes, did I you? Did
2: she started that a little over two decades ago? Uh, a little under two decades ago. and it, We actually started at about the same time, and it was a pretty small little website. I remember <laughs> when we started, it was just a little baby website. It soon transformed into something bigger than life and is really her legacy, her first legacy. She's now working on her second legacy, which is a new website called her. 911fosterpets.com. And what it is is it's a, it's a site looking for foster parents, to take care of animals between the time that they uh, enter the shelter and they get adopted. So if you're one of those people that likes fostering animals, you're going to love this website, and she'll be telling us about it in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also next hour, Nicole Sullivan, actress and comedian Nicole Sullivan from Mad TV and King of Queens, the little blonde bombshell. Very funny gal. She loves the animals, and she's doing something very special for the animals. We're going to find out what that is coming up in just a few minutes. But first... Uh, we're going to go to the phones, toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five, 1-866-405-8405, and uh, doing a check of news right after that. What are you working on over there in the newsroom?
3: Well, you know, usually the, when you talk about mice, it's like, eek, a mouse. <laughs> in this case, it would be, oh, my God, an enormous rodent. 120-pound <laughs> rodent in wow. the news. You know, I heard about That's this. That's big.
2: I can't believe they actually call this a rodent. What makes a rodent, Dr. Debbie,
6: what makes it, it's just the, the category of the animal that it's derived from. But yeah, I you knew that this kind of credit, we actually have a couple that come to my office. Um, and they are kind of cool. It, it's, it's like a mix between a pig and a mouse. It's really cool. <laughs>
2: what, what Lori will be telling you about seems to be something that's picking up interest across the country. And I don't want to say a fad because I hate animal fads, but there are a lot of yeah, people that are terrible. starting to get this kind of animal. And we'll find out about it in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, ready to go to the phones? Can we do that? Oh, by the way, Robert Simmer with five fall seasonal dangers next hour.
4: Okay, now let's go to the phones. Hi, Bob. How
2: are you doing? Oh, not too bad. What's on your mind? My dog,
8: two years old, lab mix, around her tail. She's been chewing on it, scratching and all that. She's got it
6: raw with the hair... Missing okay, yeah uh, wondering is is because of her food or or what you said she's losing hair is that at like her rump area right in front of the tail uh all around the tail and around all around her rump. The ta- like actually and on the the tail itself,
7: not really just on the tail, but where the tail joins the body,
6: okay in exactly. is the rest of her fur okay, any other patterns uh
8: no, that's the only bear spot she has. How old is she? She's two.
6: Two years old. Okay. Well, you're just getting into the fun, uh, quieting down years <laughs> for Labradors.
8: <laughs> oh, she's a lot of fun. Yeah, she, she yeah.
6: keeps me out of trouble. Well, I just laugh because I have two Labradors and one's perpetually huh. a two-year-old. So, <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> but uh, so with her having that itchiness, does it seem better, worse at any time of the year? Or is it has it been kind of an ongoing issue? It
8: just started like. Maybe two weeks ago, where she started, you know, digging at it and scratching it and chewing and all that.
6: Okay, in that area on the on the kind of the rump, right in front of the tail, that's a prime area for fleas and for flea dermatitis. Um, so I would definitely want to make sure that we're addressing uh, really vigilant flea control because even one little bite from those critters can send a dog with a flea allergy into the itchies for weeks. Um, so that would be one of the first things I'd want to make sure that we're doing a good flea program with um, shampoos. There's different topical meds, um, and you can kind of lift up the hair, and if you kind of push the hair backwards, sometimes you can actually see evidence of fleas, and and that may be what we call flea dirt, where you see like looks like pepper almost under the under the hair coat. So that might give us a clue that we need to really work on that flea control.
8: I haven't seen a flea on her.
4: Okay. So
8: yeah. Basically, the only place you can see is on her belly, but I haven't seen any, you know, scurrying across her belly at all. Yeah
6: and it can be hard. I mean these little guys are the fleas are pretty tiny so um you know you might not see them but you know look for that flea dirt. You know if you see that and you don't see any critters it means they're still there. Now, you know outside of fleas there's a lot of other things we could be looking at and um labradors are a dog that we see a lot of problems with allergies and skin related problems of all sorts. Um so anything from yeast infection in labradors is very common, but allergies where they're just having um almost like a hypersensitivity where they're scratching, they're itching. it tends to be in more than just one area, um, so I would want to make sure that we're looking at that area. Um, if we see any kind of redness, any kind of crusting, anything yellow, um, then we really want to make sure we get a sample of that um, because sometimes we'll add in antibiotics and yeast medicine, things along those lines if there's an infection. Um, for itching, um, for mild itching, for allergies, I'm a fan of using you know, antihistamines, um, and you'd want to you know, talk to your veterinarian about the right dosage and so forth but that would be something like doggy Benadryl and then ultimately, we might even look at her diet. Um, it's a little less common to have just an all-of-a-sudden problem with a food allergy. But um, for some dogs, and Labradors are a breed, we can see food allergies where um, it's things that they eat that actually cause their skin to itch. And it seems kind of crazy, but that is the case um, in dogs.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Radio Friendly
9: Magazine presents the 8th Annual Month-Long Pet Adoption Tour, Get Your Licks, on Route 66, on the road from September through October. Along with media sponsor Animal Radio and companion sponsors Turf Mutt and Evercare, we travel in our Mercedes Sprinter, provided by Sprinter Rentals from L.A. to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Our community sponsors, John Paul Pet, Zeus Pet Toys, Pet Kurian, Well Pet, Tito's Vodka, and Vet's Best go along for the ride while we bring our giant spinning wheel filled with prizes you can win. Log on to Get Your Licks on Route66.com to find out where the tour stops near you. You can help raise money for your shelter, and you might just find your new forever friend.
2: People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free.
4: This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi, I'm Lori Brooks.
3: There's a new study out by some animal welfare specialists that shows using electronic containment systems to restrict where pet cats go does not result in long-term problems for their well-being. Of course, you remember the use of handheld shock collars on dogs had previously led to concerns over the welfare of pets trained using the so-called e-collars. Now, however, other forms of electronic training devices for pets have not received as much attention from researchers until now. These include invisible or virtual fences, which deliver a static electric pulse to deter an animal from crossing a boundary like the edge of your property or your back or your front yard. Well, a new study into these systems by the researchers at University of Lincoln in the U.K. found no evidence of long-term problems in cats living with these underground fences compared to control cats that were able to roam freely in and out of their owner's yards. While some people argue that electronic containment systems can never be justified for pets, other research shows that hundreds of thousands of cats are killed and injured on roads each year, and these devices can help to prevent that. So consider this. Unlike owner-operated handheld electronic training devices, invisible fences, they say, depend purely on, on the cat's behavior for any correction and not human judgment. So, in other words, there's not going to be a human on this end of what they might term a punishment, you know, pushing a little beeper thing. Modern devices train the cats to associate a warning beep instead with the location of the invisible fence. Therefore, animals may be able to quickly and efficiently learn appropriate avoidance techniques and behaviors without having that horrible anxiety or fear, you know, that they're going to be shocked. Thank you, Robo. Shortly after the Fukushima nuclear disaster in Japan five years ago, residents who lived near the plant were immediately evacuated, of course, because of the risk of radiation exposure. But did you know they were forced to leave their pets behind? Wow. Now, that's because residents were assured they would be back home in a day or so and that their pets would be okay. So they left them. They really didn't have a choice. Fortunately, a man named Akira Honda, his nickname is Taicho, raced to the disaster area when it happened and immediately recognized there was going to be a huge need for an animal shelter near the radiation contaminated exclusion zone. Now, just a month after the disaster back then, he established the Niander Guard Animal Rescue, about 25 miles away from where the disabled nuclear site was. So far, that rescue, they have pulled 740 dogs to dogs and cats that is to safety and they currently still care for more than about 200 other animals now obviously all the dogs and cats that were there at the time during the nuclear disaster had been exposed to radiation but think about this unless you had a really high amount of radiation the animal that is in a pretty short amount of time it really does not affect them until about 30 years later Yeah, Yeah, I see. You're getting this now. Uh And they don't live that long. So saving all of the animals at that time was absolutely the right thing to do. So now back at the ranch or the shelter, as the case is here, cats are able to roam in cat rooms while bigger dogs have spacious kennels and smaller dogs are kept indoors. And the dogs there in Japan now at the rescue center are walked twice a day, sometimes even taken on trips to parks. And although five years have passed since the Fukushima nuclear disaster, the shelter still rescues and feeds abandoned animals in the restricted and abandoned areas. Well, the word rodent um, applies to me anyway. Kind of ugly, unwanted little creatures that sneak into your home and freak out a lot of us. (laughs) Of course, many rodents are typically met by, and I don't agree with this either, the lethal trap or the stickiness of traps. But that is not always the case. There are people who have pet rodents. For example, there is a 120-pound rodent in Texarkana. That's right. You, you weren't hearing things. A 120-pound rodent in Texarkana. He is genuinely loved. He is hugged and even given home-cooked meals every day. His name is Chico, and he's a capybara, a species that National Geographic says is the world's largest living rodent. And only about a dozen or fewer of them are kept as pets in the United States, and they do require specialized veterinary care. But luckily for Chico... He is part of Texas A&M's research team, which keeps records on his growth and health, because they're pretty unique here. The semi-aquatic critters are natives, really, of South American places like Argentina and Brazil, Bolivia and Ecuador. But Chico is here in Texas. His owner got Chico when he was just 10 days old. But still, he's 10 days old, and he weighed about four pounds already. Now, two-year-old Chico is about 120 pounds, and he will continue to grow until he is six years old. Chico's owner says he kind of looks like a gerbil on steroids, Mm. since this is radio and we need to paint a picture for you. And uh, despite his size, Chico, this 120-pound rodent, is afraid of his first sibling, a chihuahua. And uh, Chico, by the way, is also pretty unique in that his best friend is another sibling, animal sibling, a mini pig named Darla, and Chico kind of thinks that Darla is his pet.
2: Yeah, but and they Chico, have a lot of fun. Chico has his own YouTube channel, and because of his YouTube channel, more and more people are starting to make these their pets. The Capybara—they're very; they look like uh, uh, like a really a old... gerbil on steroids. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they do.
3: <laughs> a gerbil on steroids, actually. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
4: This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
11: Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you will be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free
2: veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. Well, every year we get to participate, along with Fido Friendly Magazine, in the Get Your Licks on Route 66 Adoption Tour. This is all very exciting for us because we see so many animals get adopted from this event, and... Susan Sims, the lucky one who gets to travel all the way across the country on Route 66, doing this for her eighth year in a row. God bless
6: you. <laughs>
10: <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I we're, My husband Greg and I are so lucky we get to do this. And, of course, we bring our two directors of marketing, Junior and Jake, along with us. And we uh, get them over at a daycare so that they can play. They're at Paradise for paws where there's a bone-shaped swimming pool so they have quite the life while we're working to help save our pet
2: while you're working and and what does your work consist of
10: well it's really a lot of work people may not realize i think it's a lot of fun we get in our sprinter provided by sprinter rentals and go across country every year but just getting set up will take us over an hour and a half our giant spinning wheel alone weighs 50 pounds and greg is um it's so tough to do this, but he really, he calls himself the schlepper. So he brings that in and we have about three or four tables that we set up with all the wonderful products donated, uh, each year by our sponsors. And then once people start arriving, we, we set up our donation box and, uh, start having them donate money and spin the wheel so then you know of course we're there for four to six hours and then we have to tear down so you know we've got quite a long day just to set up at each of these events and we have 15 events each year
2: that's a lot but you're almost done you're within the i guess the last four events right now it appears uh today you're in chicago at pause chicago from 11 to 4
10: yeah, we we partner with PAWS every year and with the, such a fabulous organization. It's a no-kill shelter. And, and uh, that's something that people might um, kind of pay attention to now when they do go for adopting because sometimes people think, oh, well, it's a no-kill, let me go adopt from a kill shelter. And and what happens, it costs a lot more money to, to be a no-kill shelter. So that's, that's worthy of uh, people's attention. But what's so fantastic about uh, being here today is they have kind of a storefront. It's really interesting, and it's in a business section where people are, are traveling back and forth. But the kittens, they have windows where you can look in at the kittens playing in the sunshine, and we just get a kick out of that every year because uh, these cats, they have people come in and sit with the cats in rocking chairs and just hold them or play with them. And uh, it's just a really fun environment.
2: And I want that job. Tomorrow you're going to be at the Animal Protection League in Springfield, Illinois, from noon to four, right?
10: Yeah, that's a good one as well. This is an outdoor event, and it's held out um, by Shields Sporting Goods. And it's it's been a really good venue the last couple of years for us. A lot of people coming in and out of the stores and uh, when they find out what we're trying to do and, and just get out the word to adopt, don't shop uh if nothing else we have people that are donating money they may not want to adopt that day but um they certainly are welcome to come out tomorrow and take a look and see what kind of
2: animals we have there Mm, how awesome and then next weekend you'll be in kansas city and merriam kansas and if people want to learn more about that they can head to the website at dot com to see all of the tour dates and all the information about the get your licks on route 66 tour
10: yep that'll wind us up and uh we'll head on home back to idaho and uh (laughs) rest up for next year
2: yeah i know that as soon as you finish this up you start again working on next year so i really commend you i bow to you even though you have the best (laughs) job here I say you're doing a great job and a lot of hard work. Well,
10: thank you. And Greg Thank you guys. Greg, Greg, yeah, and Greg too. Give Greg yeah. a big old
2: hug from all of us. He's really doing a lot. Like you say, he's the slepper. He's doing he's a lot the of the work.
10: And you guys are welcome to come out and sleep with us next year.
2: Oh we'd love to do that. <laughs>
0: Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics. Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
2: Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. We'll go back to the phones toll free at one 405 8405 in just a couple of minutes. But I want to visit with an old friend. And uh, in fact, this young lady, when we started, she started a little website uh, called PetFinder.com. Just and a little. Just a little bit. website yeah. then. Yeah. And it turned into something really tremendous. And it is, as far as I'm concerned, probably the foremost uh, pet adoption website that there is and ever has been. And she's on to something new. We welcome to the show Betsy Saul. Hi, Betsy. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you guys? Oh, splendid. Doing great. So you have a brand new project called 911 Foster Pets. What's that all about?
12: Well, we um, there were several of us that were working with PetFinder, and over the many years, we were so gratified in the public's response, and I think that it's fair to say that um, we really raised the awareness about all of the amazing animals and shelters over that you know that 15 year period. Yep. Um, before I was ready to move on to the next thing and, and tackle the next problem, because I, I became frustrated um, with the the pets that were that that, that were never really. I don't, know, I, want, I, I don't want to say left behind because that suggests that nobody cares about them, and I think that the entire animal welfare community does care about all these pets, but the pets that never make it to adoption row, you know, the pets that, because they're newborn or because they're old or because they um, just need a little extra time before they're transported to another facility, don't ever get any kind of exposure. And so at PetFinder, obviously, we couldn't say, hey, this pet at this rescue organization or this shelter is... More valuable than that pet, just because it's short on time. You know, we couldn't. You know, we just. Those pets always got kind of left behind in in terms of our ability to really market them. So after a few years of not working on Petfinder and having uh, my fingers in some other things, I you know would find that when I was waking up at night, it was it was those guys that, that really bugged me. You know, when people sure. would talk about how how gratifying Petfinder must have been, I would say, yeah, but I remember going to this animal shelter and. Uh, taking a tour and we got to this back room and about as many animals were in the back this back facility um as we're in the front of the mm-hmm. facility and i said well what are these guys and they said oh well these are the guys that are waiting and about twenty five percent of these animals make it up to adoption row and they actually called it adoption row Jeez. and i just remember feeling kind of head swirly and like maybe i was going to throw up because yeah. they were all these amazing animals and so much of it is just about timing or luck or, you know, you know how it
2: is. Yes. Yeah, so, well, and So these are animals that are, they could be sick or they could be, what, what, are, what are the maladies that, they, that keeps them from being adopted?
12: You know, right now on 911 foster Pets, we've got um, two groups of animals in more quantity than any other. And they are, uh, number one, animals that are under eight weeks of age. So these are, these are either moms that are about to have puppies or kittens or, or batches of kittens and puppies that have no business being in a shelter and everyone knows that and so we need to get them out of the shelter. They're urgent by virtue of the fact that they need socialization in a different way than they can get in a shelter. Sure. And also because they're at risk, right? There's an at risk population and so for disease and things like that, they need to be out of a shelter. The other group of pets are pets that because I think, you know, to, toot our own horn because we've been so amazing in animal welfare at doing what we do. There are now um, all these transports and rescues state to state and, you know, these partnerships between the foster-based groups and the shelters, but the the timing is everything, right? And so we may have um, an animal that's identified in Dallas who somebody is willing to foster in Missouri, but the transport for that the person that's gonna drive that pet from one place to another is and even and it may be a purebred poodle and there's try, it's trying to get the poodle poodle rescue, right? But we need a week because that time the time is up at the shelter a week before the transport's available. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's a really short term foster need, right? And who wouldn't, you know, who who wouldn't stand up and say, Hey, that poodle can come and crash at my pad for a week <laughs> you know, that's just so reasonable, and there are so many of us and so many people who aren't even in animal welfare who would be like, "Oh yeah, that would be totally cool." You know, think of graduate students who would long to have a pet but really can't commit. You know, mm-hmm. so, and, and and it's and it's all just a matter of uh, timing and 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 in some cases luck, right? Like what you know, here's a pet you know that we can see on the site who is. Lucky by all standards, there's someone in another state that's stood up and say they can come live with me for a while. Sure. Um, or, or I'll adopt them, but I can't get there for a week.
2: So all, all of the animals that we're going to find at 911 Foster Pets are obviously animals that, that need that transitional yeah. period to adoption. So they're not ready for adoption, but they're, they're close to it.
12: Well, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that we don't mind the idea of some foster failures. You know? Yeah, well, you
2: know what? That's my problem is that when I foster an animal, I cannot part with it after that i i become a foster failure and i bet that maybe there's a high percentage of people who foster animals that are foster failures
8: i failed um, twice
2: no. <laughs> well i'm looking around the studio here and i i see that uh joey you have a foster failure don't you you have two foster failures Lori. Lori, how many do you have
3: uh one Two, two, Sunday just (laughs) went to her new home yesterday. Oh,
2: okay. Oh, (laughs) good.
4: Oh, wow. And uh, we don't foster here because we know know automatically we're failures. (laughs) uh,
12: (laughs) We know that's going to happen, but it's, it's, it's certainly more than reasonable to think that we should, before we make a lifetime commitment to a pet, want to have an experience where we get to know that pet and make sure it's a good fit for the family, right? There's so many people get a pet and they the pet ends up in a shelter later because it wasn't a good fit so i'm fostering it a perfectly beautiful way to try pets on for size
2: well i wish we had more time to talk with you today you're doing wonderful work as usual and i wish you the same success with this website as, of course you did with pet finder betsy saul thank you so much for joining us today thank
12: you so (laughs) so nice to hear from you guys like old friends like a reunion it is
2: it is (laughs) We're going to head back to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1 866 405 8405 right now for Dr. Debbie and Joy Volani. How strong is Allegra D?
0: It's my congestion's out of my way, strong. Even in the park, playing with my dogs. Go fetch, Bosley.
9: Allegra D. A fast, non-drowsy antihistamine, plus a powerful decongestant that starts relieving your toughest allergy symptoms in under one hour.
0: Allegra D is breathing free for 24 hours strong, even in the convertible.
9: Allegra D, strong relief for your allergy symptoms, guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com.
1: Use only as directed. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. Featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
2: And we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds here. The number's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android, an app you should have, you must have, especially if you want to be warned about those recalls. Whenever they happen, you'll get an immediate notification. And if you have a question, like in the middle of the night about your animal, you can reach out to us. Not that we'll answer in the middle of the night, but as soon as we it'll get be it, there it, it'll be there us, for us, yes. and we'll get right back to you, because we, we, that's what we do. That's how we roll here. Um, on the show this hour, Nicole Sullivan, actress and comedian Nicole Sullivan, will be joining us. If you're not familiar with her, maybe you watched King of Queens. She's the dog walker, the little blonde bombshell, uh-huh. and I've been assured that I can say blonde bombshell.
4: Yeah, I don't think that's derogatory. She,
2: she's a little cutie, and she's funny. She's a, She's a catch, but she is married. And uh, I understand she has a bunch of animals. Uh oh. She was also on Mad TV. You remember yeah, I that remember. was actually before I think King of Queens.
6: Oh gosh, yeah, oh, I'm gosh. a big fan of the King of Queens show. I like that, and, and just how she takes care of Arthur. It's just <laughs> it's
2: so fun. She actually is paid to walk Arthur along mm-hmm. with the dog too.
6: Yes, yes, Carrie's thanks. father.
2: So you you do remember all the characters' names. You're not, oh, I you're do. Not absolutely. Well, she'll be on. She is involved with an organization called the Kitty Bungalow Charm School for Wayward Cats, and it's an L.A. organization that takes care of feral cats and actually socializing feral cats. A great organization mm-hmm. to, to them have. adopted. Yes. We had a call earlier about feral cats. It's too bad that this kind of organization doesn't exist. What was it? in Baton Rouge, the guy was calling from? Mm, yeah. North
4: of New Orleans, yeah.
2: Uh, but she's doing an event, the Cat Beret. Not Cabaret, but Cabaret with, uh, you know, a bunch of great actors. You know, I, I'm not the hippest guy. I can tell you I know Fred Willard. He's a good friend of Animal Radio. Elaine Hendricks, also a good friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hal Sparks, it seems like I've heard his name before. Keith David and Jamie uh, Ray Newman, also involved with this, this is Cabaret. Uh, they gave us those that list of uh, any one of those celebrities we wanted to talk to. And since we've had Fred and Elaine on before, and I didn't know anybody else, I figured let's get Nicole on. And she'll be joining us this hour. A very funny lady, with many many animals, and a great devotion towards the animals. Lori Brooks, also someone who has a great devotion to animals, and you just adopted Sunday. I'm very,
3: very no, actually, I was fostering Sunday, uh-huh. and Sunday. After some tears and uh, a very sad day yesterday for me, Sunday went to her her forever home yesterday morning. Oh, oh that's I'm great. Sorry, that's sad for you. <laughs> it is, it, you know. And I, my motto is usually, okay, you got to move the fosters out so you can take the next one. But I am so partial to senior animals.
2: You are. And You've Sunday, been trying to yeah, convince Sunday me. Yeah, Sunday
3: was eight. <laughs> it's, it's such a neat thing when your foster goes to a home it's kind of like your child marrying up so yeah. to speak Yeah, um, she's going to live way better than I do <laughs> Ooh, Good. very happy for her she was with so. you
2: for what five six weeks seven weeks Couple, eight weeks eight weeks wow eight weeks yeah I would get yeah. that would be very hard for me to do I would get very I would be a foster failure for sure well, that kind of yeah,
3: you can do that. And it it would have been fine with me if I was because she was so adorable. But, you know, it's nice for her to have the opportunity to become the only dog and get all the attention and, you know, all the spoils. And now oh, you have yeah. room for another one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Any plans? Um, Not at the moment. Uh, we're getting ready to do our biggest fundraiser of the year. And so we're probably going to have to wait until after that because taking four dogs to one hotel room gets to be a little crazy.
2: Now, where is your fundraiser?
3: Um, it's at, we do the Sea Witch Festival. We do on the, on the rebound bulldog rescue and we do the Sea Witch Festival, which is at the end of this month, always the last weekend in October at Rehoboth Beach in Delaware.
2: Oh, wow. If people want to learn more about that, is there a website they can go to?
3: Um, yeah, you can go to On the Rebound Bulldog Rescue, or you can go to the Sea Witch Festival. And uh, the really fun part about it is that we have uh, a pretty well-known bulldog kissing booth. And um, I love it. It's a little that's, that's yellow blood. house front, and we set the bulldogs up there, and it's a dollar for a kiss.
2: Oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, okay. it is. Judy, can we put links to all of that over at the website at animalradio.com?
3: <laughs> yes. Just in
2: case you're in oh, the I Delaware area. What are you working on this hour in the news?
3: Well, um, some vets are now saying we're going to have to talk to you about this, uh, Doctor Debbie, too, and find out your take. In the U.K., pretty big thing they're talking about, do not give your dog a bone. Mm. And we'll tell you what
6: kind of bones
3: and why.
2: Well, you've been preaching that forever already, haven't you, Dr. Debbie?
6: Yeah, I sure do. I mean, I don't think there's any place to give bones. There's better ways to do oral dental care than just saying a bone is going to take care of it.
2: Yeah, and people will call up and they'll say, well, I boil my bones. That doesn't It still do doesn't it. matter.
6: Ooh. I've seen enough dogs that it doesn't matter if they're raw bones or cooked bones. Um, I think it gives us a false sense that you're doing something that's safer. Um, so, no, I'm not a fan of it at all.
2: Okay, so if you are a bone feeder to your dogs, you give them a bone as a treat, you want to be listening up for this. Also, speaking of dangers, around this time of year, Robert Semro with five fall what is this? Five Fall Season Dangers. I can't read my own handwriting. Five
4: there. Fall Seasonal Dangers.
2: Five Fall Seasonal Dangers. I can tell you a few right off the bat. I bet he's going to be talking about Halloween, because that's always a big one, where they get into the candy, mm. and or they get scared, see people in costumes. But we'll find out. Robert does it his own way with his list of mania coming up in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, but first... It's all about you and your pets. Let's talk to you. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Me? Yes, you looking down at the radio. And let's go to Sonny. I like that. What a beautiful name. Hi, Sonny. Hello. How are you doing today?
7: Fine, fine. Just relax.
2: What's going on in your world?
7: Uh, I got a cat, so like like a ragdoll cat. And uh, we've had cats that come to the window. and we I've had them all taped up already, but... He has got into a spraying over a year now, and he's I can't control him. I tried stuff from the, from the stores to find out what to stop him from doing, but it hasn't worked. And I was wondering what was why he's doing this.
6: Okay, so so far you've tried. You said taping up the window, like covering I, it up.
7: I, I put I tape uh, the windows up so he wouldn't look outside anymore. Okay, because he he was getting involved with this female cat that would come to the door, and just you know, and I I told him my wife look. She's coming through the window and t- antagonizing my cat, our cat. And he, mm-hmm. he got really involved with it. He's never been the same after that. It's been over oh. a year.
6: Okay. And is this the only kitty you have? And, and does he stay no, inside? No, I, I have
7: uh, three kitties, but I got one that we just brought in about six months ago. It belongs to a friend of ours, and we were all work together, and she's, uh, she's she, he stays with us now for about six okay. months
6: now. And, and then everybody stays inside now?
7: Yes, they're all inside cats.
6: Okay. Alrighty. So Sunny, you have a challenge here because as long as that that uh, neighborhood cat is coming around, you have an ongoing stimulus uh, for your kitty. Everything you try in the inside of the house is going to be very marginal at improving this because as long as that cat is there, that stimulus is way stronger than any kind of obstacle you can put in the way. So whatever we do, it's got to be a multi-approach. Uh, so I definitely like the idea of um, you know doing things to help your cat from not Seeing the kitty, but I want to start first on the outside of the house, and and I'm not advocating doing anything that's going to harm this cat. Um, so sure. if it's a neighbor's cat, I, I'd go over there and say, hey, you know what? Your cat's coming over. I'm having uh, urine spraying issues in my house. You know, uh, just want you to know. Maybe you can keep them inside. Um, that's one one step. But there are things that you can put outside that window to help keep that kitty from choosing to come by that window. Um, so you may end up in nice weather. You can get the motion-activated uh, sprinklers. Um, so that when the electronic eye detects movement, it sprinkles with a sprinkler in the area, and that helps to keep um, feral cats or outdoor cats away. Um, you can also do this. There's canned compressed air units that are also motion-activated, and that's one way to kind of create an invisible barrier so that that cat, cat won't come around. Um, and, and I'll often use, you know, cats don't typically like um, citrus, so you can take orange peels, lemon peels, and kind of sprinkle that in the area, and that might be kind of a more you know natural way to, kind of deter the kitty from there. So that's one thing. we got to keep the other kitty away. The other step is we want to try a little bit more creative ways to block your cat from seeing this kitty. And, you know, you can close the drapes, put barriers on the windows. Um, You can put something that might make it less attractive for your kitty to go there. So those little plastic uh, runners that you use to preserve your carpet, so, you know, all the traffic on it, you flip that upside down, and it's got those little nubs. Um, If you lay that down in front of the particular earpiece, area where this is happening um, that's just one incentive for your kitty not to go there to help keep them away All right. um, and, and make sure you, you do pick up some kitty pheromones which are scent hormones that have kind of a calming effect and, and do help when we have uh, multiple cat issues or anxiety issues you put one
7: um, of them collars around his neck and he wears it a lot <laughs> to keep him calm
6: Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely one way those are, those are, um, designed. And then the other thing is, you know, if, hopefully you have a harmonious feline inside the household, um, but also we want to make sure you got ample resources so that anything in a cat's world that they kind of stress about creates more anxiety and feeds some of these bad behaviors and unpleasant things. So, um, what is a cat stress? Cats stress about not having enough uh, food sources or water sources or having to walk by this Hallway and have another cat meow at them. So you want to make sure with four cats that you have at least a good four litter boxes. I'd prefer to see five, Um, but we want to have those strategically around the house and have lots of food and water sources as well. So that decreases the inside stress with your social situation, and then hopefully that will also help with you know this other cat on the outside. But that's that's a very overwhelming um, drive, you know, to to want to hey say this is my house, go away from that window. Um, This is what cats do, and and instead of you know picking up the phone. and calling or yelling out the window. This is how she, he's trying to tell that cat, get lost.
7: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well,
6: well, good luck with that, Sonny. And give your kitties a good scratch behind the ears for me.
2: Okay. Take care now. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. 405 8405 That's the number of the dream team. This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Don't you know it's always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health? Learn more over
1: at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. We love you guys. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
0: The warm weather is here, and that means dogs are outside getting muddy, smelly, and in need of a bath. Lucy Pet Products shampoos and conditioners are made with natural ingredients. They're available in terrific scents, like apple, blueberry, tropical, coconut, lavender, and even that new puppy smell, with all profits going to help animals in need. Find them at your local pet store and at Petco stores nationwide, or go to LucyPetProducts.com.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. You found us. It's Animal Radio.
2: This is the show where we celebrate the connection with our pets. And if you don't have any pets, you probably think we're kind of crazy. If you have pets, you completely understand. (laughs) We all love them like family. And sometimes we actually treat them better than family. I know I treat all my animals better than any of my family, but they give me an unconditional love, and I respect them for that. You know, if they want to sleep in the middle of the bed, that's fine. I will uh, sleep on the corner. I will sleep on the corner of the bed. And I think that's, I don't know about you, Lori. What, do you let the animals in in your bed?
3: Well, I told you Sunday went to her, her new home yes. yesterday. Uh, so that leaves... Two dogs in the bed now, but I was sleeping with three bulldogs in the bed.
4: What are you gonna do with all that room? It, yeah.
3: <laughs> do you
2: uh, do you sleep in weird positions to accommodate them?
3: You have to, yeah, because <laughs> what kind of person are you if you're gonna you know disturb your dog and make them uncomfortable?
13: That's what
2: I'm saying. What about you, Doctor Debbie?
3: You
6: know <laughs> what? I, I'm kind of strange. I never like, we usually don't sleep with our pets in the bedroom. Really? They sleep and they kind of watch you know the lower level of the house, but. My little terrier mix he's actually gotten to where he's very sneaky and he'll sneak into the bedroom while we're getting ready and he's just quietly lays in the bed does not move and you don't know he's there <laughs> and then but he's he's like the best bed partner he does not make you make you move at all he he picks the most in innocuous spot that won't be a bother so he just tries to make it comfortable for us
2: so you have it all worked out there judy you actually your I, dog sleeps in a crate doesn't she
4: still it? sleeps it she's eight years old and she has slept in a crate the first night I brought her home well okay now the second night I brought her home first night she slept. and does right she in. like that she likes it you know she has we have our little play time for about 15 minutes on the bed before we go to bed she's yeah. up on the bed with me and cuddling and you know giving her scratches and loving and then I open her crate and tell her it's time to go to bed and she gets up and goes right in there and it's so funny she goes in there and lays down and I swear in just two seconds she's sound asleep
3: so she, she loves,
6: loves that routine it. that's yeah that's her routine. it's her comfort spot it yeah is. it's her it's like her own bedroom and She's like, thank God they went to bed. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. My cat's not so much like that. They, uh, they curl up next to me on either side, and I can't roll one way or the other. And, and the black uh, under my eyes, the wrinkles, <laughs> that's all because I don't get sleep. And if you're like me, and I'm sure if you have cats, you may be like me, we want to hear from you today. Toll free 1-866-405-8405. And in fact, we'll go back to the phones in just a couple of minutes. On the way, I'm very excited about this. Nicole Sullivan from uh, Mad TV, and she was the dog walker on King of Queens. She'd walk Arthur. Arthur, uh-huh. uh huh. She's going to be joining us in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on?
3: Cat obesity is a huge problem these days. They're just, you know, some aren't eating as well as they should, they're packing on pounds. So how do you get your cat to increase their level of energy output? Mm-hmm. Um, they actually did a study on this, and so we'll tell you. And and interestingly enough, it involves feeding them. Really? <laughs> Which sounds crazy, <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you about it.
2: See, that's my problem with my cats is I need to increase their activity level because I'm feeding them. Yeah. Too much. You'll it. see
3: the connection oh, coming okay. up here.
2: I'll have to wait around for that.
6: Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com.
4: That's V-I-A-G-E-N pets.com. Hello, Animal Radians.
13: It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio list, five fall seasonal dangers for pets. Fall is such a great time of the year. The leaves change colors, the weather gets cooler, and families come together to enjoy the warmth of family time. Fall also brings with it several dangers to our pets that you need to know and prepare for. Let's begin with the household fall routines that many switch over to. And let's start with pools. It's always important to train your dog to avoid the pool without supervision, and in the fall, when many folks cover their pools to avoid the leaves and other fall weather changes, it can be even more important. That pool cover typically looks like any other area to run and play on, which can be extremely dangerous to your pets. Additionally, now is the time to make preparations to keep those dog houses up and off the ground to avoid cold and wet weather. If your dog house is flat with the ground, water, snow, and other things can get in and cause all kinds of health issues for your dogs. More importantly, make sure you have prepared a proper shelter and place for your pets to get out of the elements. Finally, as you place poisons, traps and other critter catchers out to protect your home and property for the fall please remember to keep your pets in mind. If they're going to be able to get into that area, you must supervise them at all times. And if you're going to engage in pest control, do your best to find pet safe offerings that give you and your pet an extra layer of safety. Next is allergens, which is pretty much on any pet dangers list, regardless of the time of year. Each season has its heightened allergens and things that can exacerbate your pet's allergies. Make sure to keep them wiped down, and that includes specifically their paws. With the moisture and dampness, it's much easier for potential problem allergens to get in between their paws. So pay special attention to their paws, and if you see them obsessively grooming them, be quick to see if there's something causing that. Fleas and ticks are another problem that increases in the fall. Ticks because there are fewer potential opportunities for ticks in the fall, and they hone in on those who are still venturing out and fleas because they breed in the spring and are in full swing as fall arrives. I'll finish up with another every season list includes this and this one's for good reason and that would be seasonal food items. That's right your pet doesn't know which foods are dangerous and which foods are safe. Unfortunately the same often goes for your guests at get-togethers so be vigilant about what pets can get into and what your guests may be sharing with your pets. Also, know if any of the food items you're serving can be poisonous to your pet. The fall's a wonderful time to spend with your pets and family. Share your fall pet preparations on our Animal Radio Facebook page.
0: For over a decade, Biogen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock, with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Biogen Pets... Providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V I A G E N pets.com.
4: This is an animal radio news update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
3: I'm Lori Brooks. Vets are now warning people not to give their dog a bone because they say it could kill them. In fact, these are vets in the UK. They put out their warning after they say they saw dozens of dogs suffering from damage to their digestive tracts and suffering blockages as well caused by bone splinters and larger pieces of bone that broke off in a chewing frenzy. And if you're thinking that only applies to cooked bones, which break and splinter a whole lot easier, that's not always the case. They say surgery is usually needed to remove any blockage, and in some case, the damage caused by bones is so serious that it can be fatal. The same is true for ra- rawhide, of course. You know, if a dog swallows a large piece of that, it can become stuck and cause a blockage. Remember, rawhide, too, is not digestible. One pet food company in uh, U.K has even stopped selling natural and raw bones following a number of fatalities there, including the death of a two-year-old miniature schnauzer. After a ham knuckle bone that was a Christmas gift became lodged in his stomach, an x-ray then showed fragments of bone in his stomach and intestines, and despite a pretty long four-hour operation, that story didn't have a happy ending. The official warning says never feed pets cooked bones and also dispose of any bones that are left over from a meal safely and securely so pets don't go through a trash can trying to get to them again, and they say... warning continues if owners feed their dog raw bones they recommend speaking to a veterinary surgeon so that you understand the risks and it continues never ever give a dog raw hide. the group also does not recommend feeding cats raw bones
2: dr debbie how many how many bones do you remove a year would you say
6: Oh, it depends, I, mean, I had um, bones stuck over jaws, where they kind of get them stuck, actually around their jaw, to everywhere from there down to the digestive, uh, small intestinal tract. Uh, you know, broken teeth is the other thing that this story didn't even reference. That that's a huge problem where we have to have a tooth removed or have a root canal done. Yeah. That's another one.
2: You also don't recommend raw hide unless it's what compressed. What what is your? Compressed,
6: yeah. I I like the compressed rawhide, and those aren't the kind of little chopped up pieces, but it's actually, it's under high pressure, and it's in a bone form. And it's really only with supervision. Any of these, you know, chew items that you would be using, you'd be doing, sitting there visibly watching it and taking it away, um, when you leave the room, so. Yeah, it
3: would be the same as giving a child a carrot and leaving it, right? I mean, it's a choking. I I don't
6: have kids, I don't know, but yeah.
3: (laughs) 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 Here's a carrot, let's see what happens. Well, okay. Just as with people, feline obesity is most often linked to excessive food intake and not enough exercise. And just cutting back on calories alone is not enough. There needs to be exercise involved with any weight loss program, apparently, not just for humans, but for your cat. So how do you encourage your cat to get more exercise? Researchers from the University of Illinois were interested in finding a method to maintain healthy body weighting cats. So they investigated the theory that, you know, we people use. Smaller, more frequent meals could help to increase overall physical activity. And they applied it just to cats. And for cats, hmm, it works. Animal science researchers found that both increasing the frequency of meals fed per day, not increasing the food total, just splitting it up into smaller meals, as well as offering meals that had added water, did indeed promote more physical activity among the cats that were in this study. They say the secret is the cats were much more active during the times when they anticipated they were about to be fed soon. So... Also rotating between dry kibble meals and wet or canned food. They say could also help in maintaining body weight. What they're really against is, um, just putting out that big bowl of kibble for, you know, usually multiple cat households to gnaw on all day. It's, it's not a good thing. Experts recognize, of course, that the lifestyle of pet owners may not allow for multiple feedings per day, but they say, Hey, if, you know, we can go from even offering only one meal a day to just offering Offering two, that's still a big step and would possibly promote more physical activity, meaning more weight loss for the obese kitty. Well, sometimes people buy goldfish for pets. Uh, they do, thinking, you know, they're inexpensive. It could be a companion. They won't have extreme health issues or high vet costs. Then there is Conker, who is Brisbane, Australia's $500 goldfish, as he is known around town, because that's what it costs to save the $12 fish's life recently. Wow. ...when Conker swallowed a large pebble off the bottom of his aquarium when he was trying to, you know, scoop up a snack. His owner then had to rush the one-year-old fish to a vet for exotic animals because Conker began to choke on a pebble. And they say first they anesthetized him, which they did by dripping a sedative into the water until he dozed off. I would think a sleeping fish is kind of scary... But um, they allowed that allowed the vet to of course, remove the stone, but you can imagine how scary it must have been because that pebble they say was about one third of an inch wide. And little Conker isn't even two inches long. He's a pretty small goldfish, but that pebble was just too big for him to spit back out. Anyway, the entire life saving procedure was successful and Conker is now back to normal. His owner says she had to do something. You know, he's a live animal. She loves him and that her thin little buddy would have starved to death had she done nothing. Oh, good I think for It's a her. cute story. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Dr. Debbie,
2: do you work on fish at all or do you, you uh, fish those out?
6: Source those
13: out. <laughs> I, you know, I do have a veterinarian. <laughs>
6: I, yeah, I farm those out. I have a veterinarian that does work on fish, and she works on things like at the aquarium. Um, so she does this kind of thing, yeah. And we do have the anesthetic you're referring to, and you you basically bubble it through um, you know, uh, a bubbler. And then when you're done with the surgery, you do a water change to eliminate the, anesthet- the anesthesia-containing water, and then they wake up. It, mm. It's really quite uh, interesting and cool.
2: It seems like the pebbles are a pretty common substrate for fish so this could become a, a big yeah. problem all the time.
6: Yeah, yeah. Well, and the problem would be, you know, not just, the, you know, the choking thing, but if it affected their buoyancy and their ability to kind of go up and down within the the tank. Um, so that extra weight could definitely throw off their, their ability to do that.
3: I thought it was fascinating because, you know, they mosey around the bottom of the tank all the time, picking up, you know, trying to pick up pebbles and spitting them out, but trying to get the extra food. And I never would have thought about anesthetic drops in the water, <laughs> Cute Great guy. story. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
4: This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com.
11: Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com.
1: I believe we
2: have Dennis on the phone. Hey, Dennis. Hi. How are you doing?
8: Well, I have a a dog here that's uh, about eight years old now. And uh I just can't get him to stop lifting his leg and peeing on everything in sight. <laughs> if I, you know, the other day I got, I got a UPS package. Before I could get there, he already had it soaked down for me. Uh. <laughs> oh, my and, gosh. Uh, Boy, and, uh, that's... He's been neutered. He was okay. neutered at about eight months old. He was a rescue dog.
6: Now, does he mark in the house um predominantly, or does he have...
8: He's a guard He's a guard dog. He's uh probably three-quarter, maybe more, Great Pyrenees, and uh, he's a guard dog for our alpacas.
6: Oh, so he has a job then.
8: Yes, he does, and he does a great job at that, too. He's really good at it. He's a very smart dog, and uh, coyotes come around, boy, he's right there.
6: Okay, so does he spend most of his time outdoors, or does he spend kind of equal inside and out?
8: No, all the time out. He's outside all, all the time. time.
6: All right, so he's marking, so he has access to, like, the front of the house, the porch, things like that where he's right. getting to he the has, packages. Yeah,
8: he has access all around the property.
6: <laughs> wow, Dennis, you know, the first thing that I'm going to say is that he's doing everything you're asking him to do. <laughs> is that he's an outside dog who has a job of protecting his uh, property and keeping those other dogs, the coyotes, away. So he does that by his presence and by sending his scent around in the means of urine marking. Um, it, it's going to be very hard for him to understand that that's what you want him to do in some situations, but not when the UPS guy comes around or, um, you know, if something else comes onto his property that looks new, foreign, or like he has to mark his presence to that object. Um, does he ever uh, urine mark on people?
8: No, he never does that, so. No, okay. He's great with people. He's fantastic with, with people and kids especially. He just loves
6: them. Can you see the difficulty here is that this is exactly what he knows in his life, is that he has to kind of guard the property. You know, I, I think that unless he's going to have a major change in his lifestyle, I, you know, I don't know that we're going to be able to tell him, you know, don't mark on this particular thing. Now, unless you have a certain area that we're going to completely make off limits, um, you know, if that's a part of the uh, the home environment that he doesn't get around, the front porch, then there are ways where you can train him to not come near that. Um, but yeah. if he's got free roam, then that's really tough. <laughs>
8: that's, that's what I thought my, you might be telling me, but uh, <laughs> does a good job no. at what he's
6: supposed to be doing here, what he's hired for, right? You know. Absolutely. So, you know, I'd tell the UPS guy to be a little bit more selective where he puts those boxes.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 This is Brandon McMillan, host of the weekly CBS TV series, Lucky Dog. I'm also the spokesperson for the 8th Annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour, Get Your Licks on Route 66, brought to you by Fido Friendly Magazine. This tour will stop at numerous shelters from L.A. to Chicago to support pet adoption events across the country. Visit us online at FidoFriendly.com and click the Route 66 badge to see where the tour stops in a town near you. Swing by, and who knows... You might just find your
9: new forever friend. Phyto Friendly Magazine presents the eighth annual month long pet adoption tour, Get Your Licks on Route 66, on the road from September through October. Along with media sponsor Animal Radio and companion sponsors Turf Mutt and Evercare, we travel in our Mercedes Sprinter, provided by Sprinter Reynolds from LA to Chicago, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. <coughs> Our community sponsors, John Paul Pet, Zeus Pet Toys, Petcurian, Well Pet, Tito's Vodka, and Vets Best go along for the ride. While we bring our giant spinning wheel filled with prizes you can win. Log on to get your licks on Route66.com to find out where the tour stops near you. You can help raise money for your shelter, and you might just find your new forever friend. <laughs>
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
2: It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Dr. Debbie, just during the commercial break, telling me how much she loved King and Queens. King of Queens.
6: King of Queens. Get it right. I didn't think
2: you actually watched (laughs) television.
6: Well, you know, there's those times when you just need to zone out and not think about medicine or veterinary work, and it, that show is awesome for that.
2: <laughs> and, of course, the reason we bring that up is our guest, Nicole Sullivan, is joining us. I remember her first from Mad TV before that. Yes. And then uh, King of Queens, she was a dog walker and would have to walk Arthur. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because I need a daily walk, too, now.
4: Well, I, I should ask for some tips on how to walk some elderly men in my neighborhood. <laughs>
2: Nicole, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you? Very good. How are you doing?
4: I'm great,
14: thank
2: you. So how many animals do you have at home?
14: I've got five animals. I have three dogs and two cats.
2: Wow. Were they, they were rescues. Were they foster failures?
14: Uh, foster, I don't even know what that means, foster failures. That, um, that
2: means when you think you're just going to hold on to the animal uh, for a little while and then maybe <laughs> adopt it out, but you can't. You decide um, to keep it.
14: You know, I've had a couple of those in my past, but no, I am i don't no longer lie to myself. I no longer try to <laughs> pretend that if an animal comes in my house that they're ever leaving <laughs>
2: Now, you have five animals, and we've been talking about this a little earlier today, about, at least with me, my cats sleep in bed, and I will sleep in pretty awkward positions so they're comfortable.
4: So you don't disturb them. So dude, I don't disturb dude, them.
14: Let me explain to you, let me explain to you my bedroom situation. Okay. My hu- my husband sleeps, obviously, up next to me, with about seven pillows around him because he fancies himself like an NBA player, like his joints hurt. Like, he never, he never played professional sports. He shouldn't be in that much pain. But he sleeps with pillows all around him, less anything... Lest you roll into anything but a pillow at night. Uh-huh. And then on the third of the bed that's left is me, my dog, and a twenty one pound cat. Twenty
2: one pounds.
14: <laughs> and and maybe even a kid some days.
2: <laughs> now is the is the cat overweight or is it uh is that I know some cats actually grow to that size.
14: Listen, I don't wanna I don't wanna point fingers. Um <laughs> she you know it's odd and I know people don't, we don't recommend this for uh, but the situation she was a feral cat. So she's an indoor/outdoor cat, which for an indoor/outdoor cat to be overweight, you have to go out of your way. Like, and I don't feed her more than I feed the other cat, who weighs about eleven pounds. So uh, I don't know exactly how it's going. I don't know exactly how it's happening, but she's also a big cat. She's a big cat.
2: Well, how do you spoil your cat? We just had a newscast where this lady uh, spent five—what was it, five hundred dollars on her goldfish to get a rock out of his yeah. mouth. Yeah, surgery. She obviously oh loves my God. her. Aunt. Are you serious? Serious, real story. So. What do you do to spoil your animals?
14: Well, I would say the be- the bed situation is probably the number one. Um, my older cat, my older cat is uh, 20, almost 21 years old. Wow. Um, yeah, she's real old. And uh, so her, she can't jump up to her food anymore. But she oh, has two bites and then decides she's not hungry. I have to, I literally lift her up to her food probably 38 times a day. <laughs> like, <laughs> every time I walk by, I'm like, here you go, here you go, here you go. Uh and then I buy them, of course, you know, my husband's like, they can eat dry food, and I'm like, no, they, they like, when I buy them their little bra, I buy them chicken broth at the store so they can lick it.
2: <laughs> Does your husband ever get jealous?
14: Um, no, I mean, jealous wouldn't be the right word. His patience level's lower. We had a, one cat that had a, she just got old and just started peeing everywhere in the house, and it lasted a long time. Like, I I. I tried changing her food. I tried getting her an allergy test. Like, I just tried a bunch of stuff, and nothing was nothing was working, putting tinfoil on things. And and then finally, I just was, like, everywhere she peed in the house, every single place was, like, her spot, which was, like, nine of them. I put a litter box.
4: I did that, wow. too. I had tinfoil all over my walls and stuff.
14: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, the tinfoil, she peed right on the tinfoil. Yeah. She didn't care about the tinfoil. I put the tinfoil on the spot. She peed on it. And then I went and got those, like, tossable, uh, you know, cat, kitty litter box, the cardboard ones. And I put one literally everywhere, was her spot, and then and then she peed it. So then there was nine litter boxes. Nine. I'm cleaning up, Uh and then one by one, I would I would eliminate a litter box one by one, and she doesn't do it anymore. We still have like probably three or three. We still have three litter boxes in the house, but she doesn't do it anymore.
6: Good job. You did a great job at kind of getting her back to the litter box. That's
14: great. I know. Thank. I mean, I just had to. My husband was like, "What is happening to our house?" I'm like, "I don't know." He goes. Did you read about this somewhere? I'm like, no, I'm making it up. Just go with me.
2: Now, I'm getting the feeling your husband is the dog guy.
14: He's more the dog guy, yes. Although the cat, the the heavy set cat, I'll call her, really <laughs> likes him, and he sort of begrudgingly likes her, too. He pretends he does it, but they get along really well.
2: <laughs> well, we got you on the phone today because of our favorite organization in L.A., the Kitty Bungalow Charm School of Wayward Cats, and these guys uh, take care of feral cats, pretty much. And they do these... Uh, all kinds of wonderful events, and they're, ha- they're having a brand new event coming up uh, October 15th, so yes. I guess that would be next week. Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Yes. okay. The Spectacular.
14: Cat-beret. Yes, Oh, yes. That's
4: what we're talking about.
14: Okay, good, good, good. Okay, okay yes. cabaret uh, at the Avalon Theater. Oh, it's so fun. It's a, you know, a cabaret. So see what they did there? See, We'll yeah. have a little key. Yeah. Uh, and um, it's singing and dancing and, like, like legit professional, like, um, can-can dancers and actors that you know from TV and stuff like that and, that are singing, that have beautiful voices and duets, and there's video. and it, it's, it's like a whole fantastic show. And food and open bar. I mean, it's just, it's, it's wonderful.
2: And are you dancing or are you singing? What do you do?
14: Dancing, of course. No, I'm not dancing. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, they they've actual cute dancers. Um, I, do, I do comedy every year, not stand-up. I usually do a sketch with Fred Willard. Uh, so we're, we're writing a new sketch for this year's show.
2: Very good. I'm going to put all the information, like I said, over the website. If you're in the L.A. area, head on over to it. And it's next Saturday. Next Saturday. Yes. Nicole, thanks so much for hanging with us today.
14: Thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate
2: it. If you want to learn more about uh, what she's doing or anything you've heard on today's show and get your fix, head on over to AnimalRadio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's so easy to do from the Google Play Store or the Apple iTunes Store. And uh, we'll catch you next week for more Animal Radio right here on the Spine station. Have a great one.
3: Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week. Sick
1: and moody, always in Don't
9: decline. This is Digital. Animal Art Art Radio Network.
0: Network.